Blog Talk Radio. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. My name is Christine Wyke. We are going to tackle a tough one here today. I have got notes all over my desk. I've got pages all over here. So this one just might be a a choppy 30 minutes here. But I have struggled with this verse in Revelation for the longest time. And as I was writing my book, when I came across this one, I just shook my head and I said, man, should I just somehow just skip over this? I cannot grasp it. Um, It's something that we're going to know as time comes closer to the revealing of the Antichrist. But that it came to me while I was driving. And, folks, I think I got something here. You're going to do two things here after you listen to my explanation. You're either going to call me crazy And you're going to say that I have really gone off the deep end on this interpretation. Or I'm going to make you think. I'm probably going to make you replay this show so you can grasp it again. And it's it's one of those two things. Um, Or you just might agree with me. Oh, maybe there's three. The verse that we're struggling with here is the beast that comes out of the abyss. What is it? Who is it? Let's dig into God's word and let's see once uh, if we can give it something that makes common sense. Because the Bible does say very clearly, this one calls for a mind with wisdom. And I think this verse here, Revelation 17, verse 8, is the most difficult in Revelation to understand. In fact, verse 9 that follows uh, says that it calls for a mind with wisdom. So let's put our thinking caps on and let's move through it. Okay, 17, verse 8. The beast, which you saw, once was, now is not, and will come out of the abyss and go to his destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life 
from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. Okay, let's go ahead and give this a try. The beast, we can understand, is a government. It is ruled by one man, the Antichrist. Now, if you've listened to some of my other shows, bear with me here if you haven't. Um, Go into the archives if you want to dig into this deeper, or I'll give you my website, and my website has this information on there. I believe the woman who rides the beast, the great harlot, that is the Roman Catholic Church. Now, if you are Catholic or have friends that are Catholic, I need to stress again, there are believers in the Catholic Church. Christ calls these people to come out of her. So we know that there are believers in the Catholic Church today. And the church will change. It will change because the Antichrist will take it over. Notice how the harlot rides on the beast. These two are closely related to each other. I understand here that the beast mentioned in this verse is a single person. A government cannot come from hell, but an individual can. Now, the abyss here, I believe, is a part of hell. It's obviously something, and if you recall correctly, the trumpets, the when Satan is thrown down upon the earth, I believe it's the fifth trumpet oh i might be wrong on that one give me maybe fourth trumpet when the star that falls from heaven is given a key to open the abyss so we know that probably located in the center of the earth is possible a place called hell um i know it is an actual place so obviously the abyss is a part of hell here Now, notice that we have the picture of the harlot riding the beast, but is not able to control the beast. And this something also that the beast allows the woman to ride it and takes her wherever he wants to go. In other words, the church will not be able to control the government of the Antichrist, but the Antichrist will use the church to control the world. And if you've read my material or heard my material before, I do believe that a pope, the next one coming, is going to be our Antichrist that the Bible speaks of. And that's on a whole other show by itself. I may, if I have time, touch base a little bit of that towards the end here as I'm going to explain to you a ritual that happens that may tie into uh, the beast that comes out of the abyss. Okay, now, let's pick this thing apart. First of all, the beast which you saw. Now, John is seeing something in his vision. So at the time that John was seeing the vision, so this was probably when he was about 80-some years old, so Christ had already uh, died on the cross and ascended into heaven, and John, of course, exiled on the island of Patmos as a form of his punishment. So the beast which you saw, or the government, or the person, because this is a person coming out of the abyss, the person which you saw once was. Okay, so he was alive on the earth at one point. Now is not. So at the time of John, he was dead. 
and will come out of the abyss and go to his destruction, which we know now is the Antichrist that Revelation here is speaking of, because the Antichrist will go to his destruction. So we have a person that was alive before John, was dead at the time of John, and is coming again. This is restated again further into the verse. Let's continue with it. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life, well, we know those then to be the unbelievers, because if you are a believer, you are written in the book of life. So these are unbelievers. Those are from the creation of the world will be astonished. Now, I wish I knew the Greek for this word um, in the Bible, but I can understand it, that this would be uh, amazed, um, dumbfounded. Uh, I don't know what other name you could put on this word. Um, just It's going to be something that the unbelievers will recognize. Or will like, what? you got to be kidding me, type of attitude. So they do know of this person, possibly, or they know of this person. Let's get into that a little bit deeper later. And then we have that part of the restatement, because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. Okay, do we have a possibility here? of a reincarnation. <laughs> this is where you think I'm crazy. Of who? Well, somebody who had to have lived before John, was dead at the time of John, and somebody who the world will know is going to come back from the dead. Well, the Bible says he comes out of hell. So, yeah, he comes back out of hell, probably as maybe a demon, um, something of a demonic nature, uh, that one is up in the air. But he will be recognized or he will state who he is because people are astonished. So there's going to be information about him. All right, like I said, I've got notes all over my desk here. Let's go to Revelation 11, verse 7. I'm going to get into more details here. So you're going to have to bear with me as I uh, kind of go through um, all my notes here. Okay, Revelation 11, verse 7, we have the two witnesses. Now, when they have finished their testimony, and this is the witnesses, the beast that comes from the abyss will attack them and overpower them and kill them. Okay, notice that's a person then. It's going to be, if you recall the two witnesses, nobody can touch them. Fire comes out of their mouth, or I believe that's called hate speech. Um, they will call the death of anybody who comes up against them. And nobody can seem to get rid of these two witnesses. They've created pestilences upon the earth. There's no rain for the three and a half years that they're here on the earth. And they're just a miserable couple to deal with, according to the unbelievers, of course. And if you can imagine, their testimony is maybe against the Antichrist himself. So we have the beast that comes out of the abyss will attack them, overpower them, and kill them. So again, we have an individual here. And of course, the Antichrist will have power from Satan, which we'll get into this later. 
So he actually will be able to overpower the two witnesses. God allows it. God's in control of everything, but God allows it so that actually the masses or the people who follow the Antichrist will think that he is some great hero. And this might be the reason why he's in the temple after this. Don't know. Um, when the uh, witnesses are actually here, obviously is around the time the Antichrist has come back as a reincarnation. Okay. Let's continue on here. Um, let's see here. Did we hit 17 verse 11? Let's see here. Okay, Revelation 17 verse 11. Here we go again. The beast who once was, now is not, is an eighth king. All right, we really should go back to the Revelation 17 verse 10 when they talk about the beast as relating to the seven kings. I'm going to read that. Okay, the beast, uh, let's see here. This is um, it's kind of out of context here, but that's called, they are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the other has, yet, has not yet come. But when he does, he'll remain for a little while. Understand this is relation also to the statue in Daniel of King Nebuchadnezzar. The seven kings mentioned here are seven kingdoms. Five at the time of John had already fallen. Egyptian, Assyrian, Babylonian, Medes, Persian. And, uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's the uh, five. Did I hit all five there? Yeah, I think I did. Um, go back to the King Nebuchadnezzar statue. You'll see them there again. The one is, that was the Roman Empire. That was at the time of John. The other has not yet come which we understand is the feet of clay and iron, because the legs of iron were the Roman Empire. The feet of clay are a blend of iron and clay. So we have the kingdom of the Antichrist being partially Roman. Okay, so, but when he does, he must come and remain for a little while, obviously, uh, seven years at the most. If he's revealed at the beginning of the tribulation period, he remains for seven years. So, if the seventh kingdom, which is the one yet to come, is the Ro is a revived Roman Empire or the kingdom of the Antichrist, go back to now Revelation 17, verse 11. The beast who once was, now is not, is an eighth king. Now, we had seven of them mentioned in verse 10. Now we have an eighth. Uh, uh oh so where does the eighth come in? Well, he belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. Can you understand now the reincarnation happening? He is somebody that comes from the seventh, which was the Roman Empire. Okay. Are part of, well, it's part of the Roman Empire. He also could be one of the sixth, which was the Roman Empire that speaks of the sixth one that is. The seventh is yet to come, which is a part of the Roman Empire. Regardless, we have an eighth king. But he actually was one of the seven. So do you see now the possibility of a reincarnation of somebody coming back? Who could that be? Now, 
We know in Revelation 13, verse 18, the 666 is mentioned. Calculate the number of his name. Calculate the letters and the number of his name, and it adds to 666. I have found a couple of Bibles that actually say 616. Have you ever seen that before? Um, I think it might be the American Standard. I am not sure on that. But I know in my Living Bible there's a footnote that states some manuscripts translate this number to 616. Well, that's kind of unusual because we always have referred to the Antichrist as 666. So where does the number 616 fall? Here is a clue. I'm going to give you who I believe the reincarnation of the Antichrist will be. It is Nero. Okay. Now you're going to think, okay, no, no, no. Wait a minute here. Nero's dead. Yeah, he was. He was dead at the time of John. He was alive before John wrote Revelation. So he was he was dead at the time of John. Look up your history of the of the uh emperors. You will find that Nero killed himself when uh before John was exiled. And he's coming back. Is he in hell? Yeah, I probably pretty much can assume Nero was in hell. Another thing. Take Roman Caesar Nero. And if you use the Greek gematria, which I believe is also a Hebrew type of language of numbers and letters that add up to a numerical value, they add to 616. Do we have a possibility of the Antichrist dying and coming back as another person? And that person is Nero. Now, remember the verse, what I started with. All the world is astonished because of the beast that once was, now is not, but yet will come. Uh, You take probably even a teenager and you give him the four-letter word Nero. Most of them have probably heard of of him. He is a notorious emperor who was famous for killing Christians. Well, doesn't that happen during the tribulation period? Uh Uh-huh. And I think Nero was probably one of the worst of all humankind. Is it a possibility we actually have him coming back? How could that happen? Well, let's try here. Um, I believe it's Revelation 13, verse 3. So let me go to that. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound. But the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Okay, here we have an amazement again by the world or unbelievers. Actually, this could be probably Christians as well. It just says the whole world. It's not really necessarily just unbelievers. So everybody is astonished by a fatal wound. What's a fatal wound? Uh, That is death and then um, a wound that causes death. So we know that one of the heads of the beast, which is also one of the kings, could this be the seventh king? The Antichrist suffers a fatal wound, but it's healed. He comes back 
to life. Now, this is mentioned almost, I think, at least three times in the chapter 13 of Revelation. The beast that has been uh, brought back to life by a fatal wound. And I think we've got Revelation 13, verse 4 here. Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. Now, remember, the dragon is Satan. That's not, I mean, there's no question about that. The dragon is Satan. Satan gives all his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast and said, who is like him? Who can make war against him? I believe that when the Antichrist or the Pope is assassinated, he suffers a fatal wound. So it's not a heart attack. This is a wound. So I believe he's either shot in the head or his uh, death by a shrapnel that comes from an explosion. Whatever it is, he will die by a fatal wound. And if he comes back, the devil has been given him all his power. In fact, it says that the devil gives him life and he comes back to the amazement of all the world. Okay, I do have some time to get into this. I'm going to show you or explain to you a ritual in the Roman Catholic Church. If you think I've been nuts before, think about this ritual. I think it's uh, it's almost medieval at best. I came across this ritual when Pope John Paul II had died. And I believe it was Peter Jennings that was covering the news story as the um, events were unfolding during the funeral procession and, and all the events that the Catholic Church has. Of course, this was on national TV, and it was, yeah, it was, you know, um, on news alerts and everything. So, I mean, you were able to watch the coverage of the Pope's uh, death and funeral arrangements and the lying in state and so on. He mentioned the word Camerlingo. Now, I'm assuming I know how to pronounce that. It's C-A-M-E-R, Camer, and then Lengo. It's all one word, L-E-N-G-O. This is an official position in the Vatican. It's called the Camerlingo. Now, what the Camerlingo is, is a person who is like the Pope's right hand, but he really has only one job. His job, you might think this is unbelievable, but Google this if you don't believe me. This is something they did when Pope John Paul II died. This is something that the church created, because Jesus never told us to do this. So this is something that the Roman Catholic Church created as a ritual, and I believe there is a purpose for it, and it's at the time that the Antichrist is killed. Okay, here's what the Camerlingo does. When the Pope has passed away, a medical examiner, of course, um, officially states that the Pope has died. The body is given to the Camerlingo, which is appointed by the Pope when he becomes Pope. So Pope John Paul II had a particular person who did this, just like Pope Benedict has a particular person that does this. What the Camerlingo does is he takes the Pope's body and he takes a silver hammer. He knocks on the Pope's forehead three times with a silver hammer, calling out the birth name of the Pope. 
So whoever it happens to be, that is our new Pope coming. I don't believe uh, Pope Benedict is the Antichrist right now, but I believe there is one coming yet, which could be it. He calls out the birth name that was given to him when he was born. And if the Pope does not rise, I'm not kidding you, this is true. If the Pope remains dead at the sound of the third name called, or the third calling of the name, and the third tap on the forehead, he is then officially declared dead. Yeah. Doesn't that sound a little bit strange? And that's when, of course, they take the ring from the Pope's hand and they crush it. Um, you know, And then there's a number, of course, other rigmarole that's associated with the death. But that is when they officially say the Pope is dead. Not when the medical examiner does it. Mm-mm. No, that doesn't count. It's when the Camerlingo does it. What if God kept that ritual alive for this particular time? Okay, let's go through Revelation now and put this into perspective. A Pope coming up as Antichrist. The world's in chaos. And he, of course, has the power over everything, and he is charismatic, he's wonderful, everybody loves him, he demands the worship of him, everybody does so, except believers, of course, and then he's killed by accident, by purpose, whatever. Okay, medical examiner states he is dead. Camerlango starts tapping on the forehead with the silver hammer. And on the third attempt, he rises from the dead. The fatal wound is healed. Oh, my goodness, wouldn't the world be in astonishment for that? Is it possible? And I wish I could have some information on this. If any of you have this information, please call me. If it is possible, does the Camerlingo do this three days after the Pope is dead. You get my, my, uh, where I'm going with this? Christ arose from the dead after three days. What if the Pope comes back to life after three days? Oh, wouldn't he claim to be God then? Well, yeah, that would be a miracle, but not by God, because it's Satan that breathes, breathes the life into the Pope or the Antichrist, if you feel the Pope is not the Antichrist, that's fine. But at least we know that we have somebody here that will come back. Now, when he comes back to life, he comes back as a different person. He comes back to life as Nero. The beast that was, now is not, but will come. Wouldn't that astonish people even further? Not only are they astonished at the fact that his fatal wound is healed, but remember, the masses are also astonished by the fact that he has come back from the dead another person. That is called multiple personality disorder, split personality. Go back to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, where the kingdom of the Antichrist is the feet Notice the feet are split. Does this give you a clue for split personality? That one's a long shot to try and explain it. 
but I'm saying it is a possibility that we do end up having an eighth king who was part of the seven, and he comes back to rule as an eighth king as the other foot, as a split personality. That, I think, is a possibility of explaining this in Revelation. When in Revelation 13, verse 4, people say, who is like this beast? Who can be like him? This is unbelievable. And if he has been given all the authority from Satan, you thought Nero and all the documentation of what Nero had done, you think that was bad during his reign of the Roman Empire? That was before the time of John. But, I mean, we we hear every now and again little pieces of what Nero had done, not only to the Christians, but to anybody who would go against him. But his focus was on the Christians. If he is the person that comes out of hell, and then he has all of the power of Satan behind him, How evil will this man be? How terrible for the believers that are going to have to live with him in power. And God allows the saints to be overpowered by this beast. It is the will of God. And this is where I think your faith must be extremely strong to be able to withstand this. Like I said, My interpretation is crazy. I don't know what you think. I really would like to hear from you and what you thought of what I just taught. My name is Christine Wyke. You can uh, reach me at 888-653-9752. My website, explainthis.us. I have written a book which explains this, of course, in better detail. You can reach me on Facebook under my name, Christine Wyke, all one word, or my email, explain this at att.net. Thanks for listening. Hope to hear from you.